possible. Now the Eagles to come back again to fall forward. Oh, Barney! Darling tapping. Darling again. Gives it to Ryan. And then Ryan's little kick is a good one to Kennedy. Yes! 50. McGovern. McGovern. What a player. What a mark, Bruce. What a mark. And he goes to Your hosts are Wazza, Dan and Wayne. Okay, it's Eagle Nation, the podcast by the fans, for the fans of the West Coast Eagles. Welcome, boys. How are you going? Not bad, mate. Good to be here at Wazza Studios once again. Yeah, good to, good to be uh, Yeah, after finally one week away and we're into the big ones. Yeah, just over a week. Are you excited? you nervous? Are you over it? <laughs> Waiting? It's funny, I... I, you always have the same feeling where you can't wait for the scratch matches to start. Then once you get into your scratch matches, you sit there and you just can't wait for the season proper to start, you know, because there is that big leap in, you know, effort to the quality of the games. I always worry about the first game. Yeah. Always worry about the first game. I mean, we're away to Brisbane too, so always worry about that first game. Once you get past that, I'm usually fine. Well, we will talk about the game in uh, depth later on. Um, I want to put you on the spot because it's been in the media and a few people have been putting up their lists of who the best footballers are in the league. So if you have to name one player, the best player in the league, who is it? Uh, right now, I would say Cripps is really starting to push it and Angus Brayshaw. So I'm going for a couple of young boys. I think Dangerfield, Fife, they're not as impactful as they once were. So I find there's that slight changing of the guard now starting to happen. I think we will see it happen this year. Yeah, it's a hard one. I uh, yeah, agree with Cripps. I just don't quite think he's there as the best player in the league at the moment. I'm going to chuck in a real smoky. I think Steel Sidebottom's the best player in the league at the moment. Ooh. He's just... Uh... His name comes up in conversation quite a lot. Um, yeah, like you said, I find it hard because I like this person in that position and I like this person in this position, right? If you had to ask me, right, who is the hottest, best player at the moment on form? It's Dominic Sheep. Well... If you go on just by the scratch matches, you can't actually argue that point. Well, if you go on your last seven, eight games on his champion data hmm. um, stats, he's the best performed player. But he's not. I, I, I'd say if it was me, I had to pick one, I'd be picking Cripps. The, the funny thing is, though... Or Dangerfield. When you first asked that question, do you know where my mind went? Uh, Franklin and JK. But you almost talk yourself going out of going for these key position players because it is a, a midfield comp now, isn't it? Mm. The Brown is usually mid, Norm Smith is usually mid. But when you first said it, I was like, Franklin's, you know, the exciting X factor. You know, then JK's averaged the most goals per game four years in a row now. So my mind actually originally went there and I almost talked myself out of it. I, I turned around and then I picked mids, which we've all done. Like, 
Yeah, all right. Well, it's it's a uh, one of those subjects that's going to come up, and everyone's going to have a different top fifty, different top ten, and everyone's going to have a different uh, first player. I think the reason I asked it because a lot of people were saying that Fife's the best player in the comp, and how can a guy? Be the best player in the comp when he's hardly played much in the last three years. Yeah, I agree. I don't. I don't think he's the best. He's, he's, don't get me wrong. He's a great player, but I just think there's other players who've gone ahead of him. And the only reason I haven't gone for Dangerfield is because I just don't think his defence is as good as side bottom. So that's why I think side bottom to me is the. I think he's the most damaging player in the competition. That's Unless he plays West Coast. See, uh, yes. Or, you're talking one game, yeah, but he's... Two games. Two, maybe. Three. Two, I'd say, yeah. I don't agree with Sidebottom, but you do... I agree with the point you make, though. Uh, Dangerfield's disposal efficiency is known to be quite poor, where Sidebottom is one of those players that's known to be good on both feet. Mm. That's like why I also picked Angus Brayshaw. Um, yeah, so I can definitely see the point you're making there. With Fife, it's just... I can't pick him because can, he lacks consistency, doesn't he? Yeah. Like, what was it, three, four years ago, I would say, yeah, he is the best player in the comp. He's in my well, top five. He certainly would be. Oh, he would have to be still. But he just hasn't been able to put those runs on the park, so to speak, has yeah. he re- recently? Well, let's get closer to the home because this show is about West Coast. Um, Brad Shepard signed on today for three more years. So that's really <laughs> good because the... The word a couple of weeks ago was he's going to hold off for big offers, and uh, yeah, I heard he was going to wait till the end of the season. So that's a and that's he a said big, in his press conference it was a no-brainer playing in front of fifty thousand people at Optus. That's what tipped it across the line. So Eagle Nation for all your breaking news, isn't it? Because I didn't actually realise that till <laughs> no. I saw the run sheet myself. And what great news, you know? It really is. Um, inner circles with the Eagles, like. Even us, of course, we rate him so highly because we see what he does week in, week out. Yeah, and um, I'm glad that's put to the side. We won't have any of this media pressure saying, you know, I don't think there yeah. would have been much with Shep anyway because I was confident he was going to sign, but it wouldn't be like this gaff scenario we had last year. No. Oh, so, Shep, Shep would have looked too. They've won a premiership. Yeah. You know, he hadn't done his hamstring on that prelim night. He would have been there too. That's and it. I think he looks, well, there's a bit of future there. And you see what's coming through on the younger players. They've well, got years ahead of them. Right, well, we usually put on a bit of music and say this is the final siren. But we'll leave that for the proper stuff in the real season. <laughs> We're just going to talk about the JLT. So we'll go to the first game. It was West Coast versus Geelong at uh, Leadable. 15-9-99 West Coast to Geelong 8-0-17. Um, did any of you guys get to the go of the game? No, I watched them both. Yeah, so, not yeah. mine. I um, got Foxtel, so I just watched them both live, so it was good. I had the privilege of sitting inside the um, West Australian Sports and Recreation Offices with Mr Rob Didco. Um, he went missing. He was trying to fly his drone off the top of the building. <laughs> 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 uh, I couldn't get it going because of all the Foxtel stuff but yeah I spent the first half there and then I went out sat behind the bench and it was just good seeing the vibe of the players and the guys that weren't playing were just behind us and especially when some of the players like Petra Celli and the youngsters Oscar Allen all the boys stood up they're like oh yeah they were like fans it was great yeah, we we all speak about Oscar Allen and how highly we rate him, and um, he's got to be a lot like the way he performed in week one, and we'll talk about week two, but even in week two, it's just it's great to see that. And 
we touched on it with Simon Shepard saying that you've come through on all the talent in the list, and it's it's on for show. Like it really is. Like because it's hard to imagine when you watch a Ryan and a Rioli play that this is actually only their second yeah. season. They only mm. debuted last season, and um, what a great time it is to be an Eagles. Oh, Let's be realistic. Yeah. Oh, Aussie step really. I mean, as you all go, no, I know Aussie pretty well, and yeah, mentally he's a very tough boy. Lucky man, he's extremely <laughs> tough boy. But Darling kicked off. five goals, Alan kicked three, Ryan kicked two, and then we had a few that kicked one, like uh, Riola, Cameron, Petricelli, and Sheed. Geelong, they had a pretty strong team in as well. They took Joel Solwater for half-time. To- half we mm. had managed minutes with our players. And being at the ground, um, I don't know if you see it on Fox Tower, but it-, it wasn't like it was a scratch match. It was like they were going in hard. And in the last quarter, Dangerfield and Yo, they were smacking into each other like it was full on. You know, it was it was great to see. The tempo certainly in that game went up halfway through the third quarter. There's no question. It, it was a, you could see it on the TV. It was a bigger tempo game than the Frio and West Coast game. When a game's closer, it's still a footy match and it gets the blood going. Yep. So even though it's not for four points, they all want to win. They step on that field, they want to win that game. Yep. So when it's closer, they just push that little bit more so it's not surprising as you said the third quarter mm. and I found the same because it was up in the air like there was no dominant team yet at that stage no team ran over each other they did push and you could tell they were half and they were half and they were sweating they were giving it 100% they really were as we'd been at the ground because it was two major umpire discrepancies whatever you want to call it discreptations whatever um, and no one knew what the hell was going on um, on Fox Sound that you probably would have known because they were telling you about it. But everyone at the ground, uh, the first one when uh, Biblax wasn't in the goal square, that was because one of the Eagles players told umpire he wasn't in the goal square when they bounced down. But it took them nearly a minute to rearrange everyone. Yeah. Anyone at the crowd's going, what the hell's going on? Yeah, there was a 46-second break. Yeah. yeah and they did make They've got that. to get that right. Mm. Um, before we go into JR2... Um, JLT, what did I say? JLA, <laughs> Jesus Christ, getting a good tonight. Um, the 50 meter penalty free kick scenario is a joke. I don't know if you've seen it, but is that, three games. Is that the one on the play on Mart where they get. There's been three of them, yeah. and it's just a joke. I, the I, interpretation is too grey, yeah. and I can see them pulling that halfway through the year. Yeah, Ree Walt uh, last night, actually, he's the one that was awarded the 100 metre like, you know, penalty. Yeah, yeah. So he he said he sucked him in. He said he flat out sucked Frawley in from Hawks. Um, and, yeah, he, he played it. He knew it was a new rule and it's not loud near him. And, yeah, it's just if you're in it, I find an unnecessary rule. I think for such a nitpicky rule, suddenly a player is going to go 100 metres down the ground. Imagine in the grand final, less than a point in it, and then someone gets a 450-metre penalty for something small, and then someone encroaches slightly like that, and suddenly the grand final is determined by 100 metre, which would have been in, you know, in the middle yeah, of the oval instead of it, like, and then it's a free... Yeah. It's too much of a grey area, and they don't need to do it. They just don't need to do it. It didn't need tinkering with, and I know they want to make the game faster, and I get accused of, oh, stop letting them evolve, but pick out the things that need to be done that one does not need to be touched if it was me 
I'd be taking it back to a 15-metre penalty. I think, too, the confusing part there is that the new rule, too, is they can actually play on in that time. And that's where they're exploiting it. Yeah. And they're going towards a guy that's supposed to be running away. Exactly. So and that's where it's impeding. So it's in the favour of the person who gets a free kick. As one, I, I agree with what one ex-player said uh, on one of the scribes, is that these guys are professional footballers. They pay $500,000 a year, a lot of them. They should know the rules. And I think whether they're impeded or, or not, there's a guy on the mark who's running back um, with the guy who's for the 50-metre penalty. There's no need for anyone to run inside. If he's going to play on, the guy on the mark is the one who's got to pick him up. And I, I agree on that side. I don't like the rule, though. But I, the first I, don't, one, I don't like the rule where they can The first play one, because like. the guy didn't get out the road quick enough. Yeah, yeah. He's, yeah. The, the man on the mark now has to move out the way. Mm. So he, he so the that, person that, that's who went, what Frawley got done with because Rewalt the person who infringes and then slowed the pace down, so the man that was on the mark was running the same pace as him. And he's not allowed to go on the mark. He's got to get right. It's actually a little out. confusing too. Mm. It is. Like, it's um, it's pathetic. But let's talk about the West Coast and Frio game, which was fresh in our minds. Eagles sixteen thirteen one hundred nine to eight goals ten fifty eight. Um, it was. Bit hard to watch in the first half. I thought it was a bit scrappy. Fremantle had a lot of chances. They mm. put the pressure on the Eagles, which was good. And it was good to see that Freo could do that. But the more you watched the game, you just knew the Eagles were just going to hit their straps. And in the third quarter, seven goals to one. It was. I, I thought halfway through the second quarter, the Eagles stepped up the tempo. Yeah. And Freo didn't go with them. That's and it. They like they Frio were gone, giving it all. Frio yeah. gave it all, and Eagles were still in second gear. Yeah, they just stepped up, and, and it was interesting game to watch. Um, let's go over the goal kickers: Rioli four, Oscar Allen and Petricelli two, Hickey Ryan, Venable Shuey, Marson Sheed, Darling and Vardy all got on the scoreboard, and that's where I guess Freeman or they had Banfield for two. He won't play up forward for the year. Um, Hogan, he kicked one, but he played more up the ground. He did look impressive, I've got to say, and Hogan. Yeah. I uh, didn't mind him. Darling kicked one five too for that. Yeah. yeah so, yeah, he didn't have his kicking boots on straight. I heard it was a very windy day, but not yeah. making excuses for but, him. Uh, I, I was going to say too, and I said this at last year about him with Petro, Petrocelli, he had to do a pre-season to be, look good because he ran out of steam halfway through last year. You could see it. This year, you can see muscle definition on his arms and his legs. And um, his speed uh, is really going. He's. I think he's the man to take. He'll, he'll take over. Um, he'll take over from Cripps, who probably won't play first game. And um, well, well, we had a few polls, so we'll talk about who takes over in the next segment. Um, well, you look at the stoppages. West Coast won fifty-five to twenty-seven in clearances. Uh, the centre clearances were eighteen to five. And you just got to look at Rioli. He had a day out. Mm. He kicked a goal from the bottom of his foot. Yeah. You know things going right when that happens. Yeah. He had 11 score involvements. It was unbelievable. Sheed had 40 touches. I was at Dan's house. We were sitting there just going... Another one, you know, another one, another one. He's just popping up everywhere. Um, we couldn't believe they were trying to... They were using a tag. They were going to shoe in and they had to go, going to Yoey. But... She was just running around like, you know, it lever poisoning. And it's why I said, I mean, if, you remember, if you remember, I sent you a message in that first game. It's why I love this 666 rule is that because our forwards will, it, we have Darling and Kennedy 
set in that full forward line and the other four up on the half forward line, that first kick out, I guarantee you, I, I, I can see someone kicking 100 goals this year. I really oh, can. Oh, yeah, I, I can I, too. And I, if Kennedy's fit, he'll be one of them who will kick that close to that 100 goals. And I can see with that those that clearance, especially with his left foot, and if he gets tagged, you, you're going to have Shuey and you're going to have Yoey when he gets fit again, fully fit. They're bombing that out of that forward, full forward line, into that full forward line. I love it. I just love I, it. I, I thought the Vardy and Hickey combination was brilliant. They worked good. They probably... Hmm. Probably didn't win the rucks as much, but they took the ball out of the ruck a few yeah. times with that rule that's come back yeah. in now. I thought they did in the second game, first a game. A couple bit, of goals. I was a bit worried about them in the first game, but I thought the second game, Frio game, they definitely lifted their rating up there. Yeah, they may not have won the taps, but they were more dangerous, and the ones they won was to a lot better effect. Mm. That's why I found Hickey, and I was very surprised. But the two big things I pulled out of this GLT, both matches... Was first of all, you got Gaff, Yo, and Shui. They're our top midfielders. They're always gonna be the ones that cop the most attention. So I'm expecting massive things from Sheed, who we've already touched on, just because he's not gonna get the attention. Like they will not give Sheed the respect he deserves, and he will. I'm, I'm expecting this guy to dominate. Just look what he did in these scratch matches. And this time of year, you're supposed to be tired. You're supposed to be drained. You're not supposed to get 39 and follow up with a 40 disposal game. And he likes to kick. So these aren't one-two hand passes. You look at his stats, he kicks. Yeah, he's not an accumulator like yeah. Neil. Mm. He'll have 30 possessions and only um, four of them are Tom handball. Mitchell's a massive Markets. one for that too. He'll get 50 disposal, unheard of numbers, but you know, 30 of them will be hand passes. And the second thing is, you take the Premier forward, your key forward, out of any team's forward line, they struggle. They can't. Mm. There's no cohesion there. No one steps up. We've got Darwin kicking five goals week one. Oscar Allen kicking three. Week two, you got Rioli, the small forward, kicking four. Then you've got Petrocelli kicking two, and I think Oscar Allen kicked another two. That's like a great, great sign of our mm. depth and, and how we can adapt to injuries and missing personnel. Petrocelli, we've all talked about it, and we talked about it watching the game. He gets the ball and he's top pace, but he's gone with his disposal. It's like there was one where he was heading <laughs> he at goal. Yeah. And me being a forward, I'm going, cover yourself in glory. Go for, and then he does this little kick across. He, 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 and he I'm had like, to go for goal. What? To chip pass and little dinky passes at full pace. Once yeah. he gets used to the AFL and the tempo, he realises you can't really do that. When you want to pinpoint a little pass, you've got to kind of angle and slow down a bit. Hmm. You know, when he's running full power, he has to go for goal because he can't hand off those little And it, you follow but through. it didn't work. It didn't work. And that, if he had have done that, I would have said, look, penciled him straight away. Yeah. Did that little chip. It did the team thing, but that's what he's got to learn to do. I think Parco said it on TNG. Yeah. He's got to learn to get his disposal right. Yeah. When he's at full pace, but isn't he exciting? Yeah, Imagine the pace of him and Ryan both playing. That'll come time. with confidence. I mean, yeah, you, they're only he's only a kid still, and he's yeah, still learning his craft. But, kids. but <laughs> that'll come with confidence. You know, I mean, but the, you know, on the bright side, there those two goals. One of them, he he, he burned off two or three guys, mm. kicked it long, and and goal. That was, uh, and that'll come. That'll come more. And you're going to like what I'm going to say here because you're a defence mm. backman. Mick Mulder said, defence wins your grand finals, premierships and whatever. Our back six is pretty rock solid, but I say it's our back eight. 
we could even put back nine because you got guys that are going to come in and do the job if somebody gets injured, hmm. like a Schofield. I think Watson in the first game showed that he's got what it takes. Yeah, didn't play, played in the waffle in the second game, but we've got enough. Um, there's a forgotten man called Jackson Nelson. You know what I mean? So I think looking at I was looking at a team list last night and. I'm because I'm a forward. I'm always that forward centric. I'm looking at a back line, and I'm saying, we we've got back stocks that are going to yeah. last for years." It's but, funny we didn't talk much about our back line because it's solid. You got your Duggins, you got your Shepherds, you got your Hearns, you you got your Gubs, your Barasses, you know. And we had Brander down there, and even hmm. he showed something. And that's the problem with having such a settled good back eight. You what these players are going to miss out. Watson had a great GLT one. But there's just not a spot there for him. Exactly. I, and I'm a real this Brander. I'm, I remember, and, and again, just touching. Sorry, I could be throwing to Brander. Go back at what you said. You know about about eight, back eight or back six, whoever it is. Again, I'll say, and I, and I'll say this last. I said it on the grand final show. It's players coming in is to play with the system. It's not on a. You find like the Richmonds and the. Geelong's, they're bringing Selwood in, they're bringing Danesfield in because they're going to be explosive. Collingwood and the Eagles got there because they missed vital players, but as we know our team, and so did Collingwood. But the players that came in, they play to the system. And that's what Simo's got them going now. They're yep. playing to the system. You look, Brander, who come in, now that kid is so highly skilled. He's six foot four, six foot five. He play, he picks the ball up like a rover. I mean, if... If, Shep, looked, if Shep's out that yeah. first game with, you know, which I don't think he will be, but it sounds like a bit of a corky, he could quite easily fill that half back role because yeah. he could play half, but he could play, he's the guy, he's going to be our Dustin Fletcher who can play on a small and play on a big, no problems whatsoever. Yeah. He had 18 disposals and mm. I think he went like at insane disposal efficiency back there too. Mm. And yeah, I think it was 83 that, or something that's like that. That's what I'm, I'm a stickler oh, for is disposal just efficiency. Watch him, you watch him pick that ball so up. Good. He's like a rover. Well, we're talking about the second tier, basically, um, players. So we'll briefly touch about the Waffle. Eagles played before their first scratch match against Peel. And I was surprised that they won so easy. 10 goals, 10, 70 to 4 goals, 7, 31. I know Peel did take a couple of their Freo players off to put him into the main game. And a few of them got injuries. But... You only can win with what you got out there. A former Fremantle player, Brady Gray, he got three goals. And from what I heard, was so impressive. It was unbelievable. They said it was one of his best games. And they said, why didn't he play like that at Frio? Um, we had 15 AFL players in the team. So I don't think they had all their top-up players playing. But it's a good thing to start off with. It's a win. Maybe the Waffle Heads, if they have a few more wins like this, might start shaking in the boots. I don't know. I rate Brady Gray, as you know. I mean, yeah. remember, if you remember last year, I, yeah. I, we, you and me messaged a few times and said, they've dropped Brady Gray. Brady Gray, I can't believe this. This kid, I'd watched him. He played against Collingwood. I went to the Dockers Collingwood game because my in laws all Collingwood's poor and they had spare tickets. So I went, and he played in that game. He played super. And I couldn't believe they, they, they listed him. And I was, I was hoping the Eagles would pick him up because. He's a. It, it, I guarantee it. By the end of next season, he'll be onto the Eagles list. I reckon I can see him upgrading him into the rookie list. I, I can as well. Mm. Um, am I for it? I don't know. It depends if he's going to fill a spot. Cool, but I'm like you. I can't believe he got delisted. Um, some of the top up players 
now they've got um, 16 top-up players. As of last week, they only had seven that they had released officially. A couple of the new guys, uh, Zach Fitzgerald from um, Wesley Curtin, Alex Cole from Ben Cubbon, Kieran Hug, he's an ex-Waffle uh, player, played at Federals last year, uh, Zach Carey in Scarborough, Sam Lamont, North Beach. Now, he's a really good player. I've seen him play before. Sam Hobbs from Durian Bay and Nicholas Ray. So they've got their players there. Mm. And if the players don't get picked, they're allowed to go back to those teams to play. Oh, right, to this, uh, back to their uh, amateur club. So that yeah. I, I've, I did a bit of ringing around and that's the go. So they'll know... You know, basically the team selections and some of them travel anyway down there because it's more money for country footballers. So it's good to see. Um, they've got another one against East. They've got an intra-club this week against the Eagles. So it's a waffle side versus the Eagles side. So that'll be interesting. I think that's at Laugh Lane Oval. So I think it's on a Friday. They haven't released a time. So if you don't work or you want to skip work, get down there and have a look and let us know what's going on. Well, we're going to do a bit of a preview because, you know, round one's coming up. Um, we'll probably have next week off, guys, just so we can get our show prepared because we want to bring you a new show. Um, and we'll come back in the in between round one and round two and give you both our review of the Eagles versus Brisbane. But um, we'll give you the preview now. Um, that. The team basically has penciled itself in. It's going to be the grand final team with a couple of extras. Obviously, Lysett's not playing. Lacroix's not playing. At the moment, Cripps isn't playing. And you'd say Schofield wouldn't be playing. So, two spots available in the forward line. One a tall and one a small. We put a poll out on Eagle Nation. Uh, Jared Cameron and Jack Petricelli. You'd have to say Petricelli's got that in the bag because he played both games. Mm. Cameron went back and played the waffle. And most of the people that answered that was 79% to Petricelli. And your tour, you got your Oscar and your Waterman, which is what we did the poll on. Oscar was basically the same, 73 to 27%. But you got Waterman as well. Now, if Josh Kennedy doesn't play, do you go in with two young forwards? I don't think the Waterman disappointed. I don't know about you guys. He really disappointed me in the in the JLT. In the I, second game, I thought he did it right. I just didn't think he just not like last year. I was he, and as I said in a couple of weeks ago, he was the guy I was expecting this year to really step up, step up the ramp big time. But he he was nowhere to be seen in the first game, and I didn't see him that much in the second game. I thought in the but, second uh, game he probably wasn't more like scoreboard pressure, but he did the little things like helping out with his score assists mm. and that. He had six score assists. Yeah. Um, but I think Petrocelli will go in there for sure. There is a rumour that because the uh, Brisbane ground, the Gabba, is so hard and um, Kennedy has had a toe problem, that they won't play him and they'll wait to round two. Mm. Um, I'm hoping they don't. Was it Cripps with a toe problem or was it Kennedy? No, Cripps has got a toe problem. Yeah. Kennedy had a... And uh, yeah, Kennedy's got a foot problem had, as well. He had a foot problem. I don't know what it was, but yeah. sort of... And I, I got told it was a toe as well. So, but you'd say Cripps ain't going to play. So, look, this is what I, I put... This is my team I put down. I put Jetta, Barash, Shepard, Duggan, McGovern and Hearn, Marston, Yo, Sheed, Oscar Allen in, 
Darling in, Petricelli in, Brioli, Kennedy and Ryan. And then I had the Rucks, Hickey, Shuey and Redden. And on the bench, Vardy, Cole, Venables and Hutchings. To be honest, watching the scratch matches, I felt like Eagles went in with this knowing almost what 22 they're going to play. I think they won't bring in both Waterman and Oscar Allen to answer your earlier question, purely because you got Darling, you have Allen there, and yep. then we rest either a Vardy or a Hickey forward. So you've got three key tall pillars there. I reckon they'll surround with the Mosquito Fleet, you know, the Ryans and the Riolis, you know. Um, so I think forward line, that's okay. Um, and you've got to imagine that what we saw on the weekend is basically going to be our side just taking a couple players out, which will probably be, sadly, Brander, who we talked great, yep. but we already touched on, there's not a spot in the back line yep. right now. And then a Waterman. So I don't think we'll see mass changes then what no. the team ran out on the weekend. Yeah. And that's what you could tell that the Eagles, last year's pre-season, they went in with trying things out. This year they went in with a clear focus. We're going to play out. Yep. What we want to have is round one. And it comes down to that focus where Simo is qualified for the finals the quickest I can. And that's the way I reckon it's going to happen. Yeah, and I, that, I think they've got that. I reckon they've got this drive that they they don't want to be one of these teams that go, oh, well, they won premiers and then they had a bad year next year. I find right now, funny enough, I'm a lot more confident with our Eagles going forward than I was even just after the grand mm. final. What I've seen from the young players, they're developing almost even quicker. I've always talked up Oscar Allen, but I didn't assume he would come on and be the second tall and kick three goals, then two goals... The following week, I wasn't expecting Rioli to just dominate like he did against Fremantle. I wasn't expecting these things. So right now, I'm sitting back a lot more confident with what Eagles can do this year than I was even straight after the grand final when we like first became the reigning premiers. And that's a great position to be in. And another thing is, I feel like this season coming in, we touched on Crips and JK, but I found our injury list is so much better than it has been in the last two seasons. Mm especially. Yep. Like, even players that were going to play all had no pre-seasons, didn't play scratch matches, and all just come off surgeries. We didn't have that this year. And with a bit of luck, I think we'll be such a dangerous side going forward. I think it's a credit, too, to the club and the players because they're, they're hungry for another flag. There's no yeah, question. Yeah, you can tell. They started three weeks after everybody else, as as Collingwood did as well, because they have, have the mandatory breaks now. So they had two weeks training leading to Christmas, then they had a, a week and a half off. And then they, well, two weeks off, whatever it was, and then they started again. So their players obviously come back from that to get to that first two weeks. They're supremely fit. So they had to obviously set them a program and say, boys, when you get back, we need you at this fitness. And they've got back there, and there's no question, they're fit because the way they ran out those games, they yeah. they would, you know, a, a team suffering from a hangover or, you know, like the Bulldogs and that, um, they wouldn't have run that game out like they did those games out. So they're supremely fit and they're keen as mustard. The best example of what you just said would be the first scratch match against Geelong because mm. they were pushed. And as you said, like normally week one of GLT and that, and Cork suffered this as a lot. They used to get smashed in the scratch mm. match because they just didn't have that as long pre-season. Mm. But we overran the Cats. So it's exactly. reiterating your point exactly. They had a longer break. They should have been more prepared. Mm. But it was Eagles, the one that were fitter, and ran over in the end and did it in the last And quarter. I think yeah. that's what we've done all last year. We wore teams down. Mm. And we just, you know, they were never out of it. And they just wore them down. We've got to look at Brisbane. If you go on their JLT form, 
they're going to be no easy beats. Oh no, they're no pressure. Right? They've 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 drafted and traded good. They've got Neil up there, but they've lost um, what's his name Beams. Um, everyone's expecting the Brisbane to be the big riser. I reckon they'll rise. I don't think they'll be the great riser, mm. um, but there's certainly not going to be an easy. No. It's not going to be an easy game for the Eagles. I, you know, if you're going to go up there and not give them any respect, you're going to get rolled. I don't think they won more games last year, but they weren't easy beats no. last year. Um, and it's baby steps for them. I reckon seven to eight wins easily for Brisbane. Oh, they've got a great list. Do you have a look at some of the youngsters? Young Hitwood has really come. He's really come up you know, this year. And that, and they've got some the good, line. good older heads in there still, like Zorko and Rich and stuff like that. Hodgie's um, still there. you got Hodgie still there. So when he's there, you know, they're going to be damaging. He'll be coaching him out in the ground. Um, it's just going to be an interesting game. And, mm. I'm, you know, I'm tipping Eagles to win, but it's not going to be an easy one. No. So, But I can't wait. That's on... It's on the Saturday, isn't it? It's on the Saturday, on the Saturday I Saturday, so... Last only got, Saturday, like, 13 yeah. days from now, and it's... Uh, can't come quick enough, man. It's getting close, mate. It's like, you know, um, lock the doors, footies on. <laughs> yeah. I, can, I can see Vardy being our number one ruckman too. I think he did a great job. I think he did. I think he was more, I found him better than Hickey on, in the It's really in the weird because in the first game I thought Vardy was better than Hickey and the second game I thought he was better than Vardy. Mm. See, I'm more on the Hickey camp, so I'm probably more on Waza's side of this. Um, I found when he his tap-outs were more effective when he won them. And uh, the sticks out clear in my mind was when he grabbed out the ruck and kicked a 40-metre goal. I thought that was brilliant. And his clearances, um, I think he got five clearances on the weekend, which to me is amazing mm. for the ruckman. And with this, as you touched on earlier in the game, with the new 6-6 rule, if your ruckman's getting five clearances, especially from seven yeah. bounds and bombing it long, well, you, it's talk getting it forward. You talk about clearances, in the top three clearances for ruckman last year. Mm. And, and you know, the new rule, that's what I'm saying. I'm, I'm, he, he hasn't done it yet, and it's hard to judge him too scratch notes, but I'm expecting things from him. Yes, that's yeah. exactly right. And I find, like, and I'm not saying this as in, like, oh, woe is me because Lysette went. I'm thinking, I think there's more upside to Hickey, but his way of playing is going to match the Eagles more. If that makes any sense. Yeah, right. I, I just can't wait till mm. during the year and Alan Richardson goes, the noise of affirmation, and I'm just going to say, what about Hickey, mate? Good teams don't you know? give away free kicks. Well, you, know, that's don't know, you don't know what you're doing, mate. You're giving away a, a player like that. Now, let's hope that the Eagles win. I think we're all going to tip Eagles, uh, so I'm not going to ask you. I gave you a bit of homework during the week, boys. You're predicted top eight. I've got my whole ladder. I did change it from what I had before. So, anyone want to go first with their top I'll, eight? I'll go first because, like any man, I copied my homework and just changed it slightly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, I've seen yours. Um, mine, as, as I touched on, and this isn't biased because we, originally I said the Eagles would be second to third on the ladder, but mm. I am so much more confident now. I think we can take that top spot. So, I would have, say, Eagles first, then I'd have Richmond, uh, Melbourne, Collingwood, GWS, Adelaide, Swans, and then I think Port could just sneak in because they can win games and they can push good sides, but they just need to work on their consistency. All right, Wayne, what's yours? See, I was a good boy. I wrote mine down. Because yeah. we are going <laughs> to go back at the end of the year right. and we're going to review this. So well, that's why we're I've, doing it. I've gone Richmond 1, Eagles 2, Pies 3, Crows 4, I've gone Melbourne 5. I think the big mover, even though they didn't have a good JOT, Essendon will be 6. 
Geelong seven, and Sydney eight. All right. That's pretty similar to mine. I don't like putting any team first because usually the team that finishes first doesn't win the flag, and it has been happening quite a lot. Yeah. So I put Richmond first. So sorry, Richmond That's fans. Exactly what I've done. <laughs> yeah. um, I'm confident that West Coast can finish in the top four. So I've gone West Coast second, Melbourne third. So a bit different. I had Collingwood fourth. Um, I have got Crows in at number five. I've got Giants in at six, Geelong at seven and Port Adelaide at eight. But at nine and ten, Sydney and Essendon, those guys could probably be fighting for it, you know what I mean? It could be on percentage. Look, you know, part of me wants to say Essendon being the top eight, but um, I've got a lot of Essendon fans and every year they say we're going to win a premiership and they've been saying it for 19 years, so I just can't see it happening in the 20th. No, I just uh, I just thought that was my smoky for the year. Yeah, look, hey, they've got the list that can go with these new rules. Um, have they got the stamina? I don't know. Um, I think they can be exposed a bit too easy. But like I said, it, you can even chuck in... You could probably put in a Fremantle and a North Melbourne and a Hawthorne. They're all going to be around that mark. Blasphemy. What was that? Blasphemy. <laughs> look, if Fremantle cannot win 10 games, there's something wrong. Hmm. Because they've got such an easy draw, they, they've got to be able to win 10 games. See, to me, Freo is a funny one because they really did rob Peter to pay Paul, didn't they? They've weakened their midfielder by getting rid of their best and fairest, one of their best midfielders, to fix their forward line. And they, uh, they did accomplish that. But as I said, their midfield now, can these forwards get enough supply to go forward? Now, Essendon's the funny one with me. I really wanted to put them down in my A because... On paper, their list is so good and so talented. I'm a huge um, fan of Shield, so fast. Mm. But they just haven't proved it. Mm. They they've added Shield, and that's basically they were fast last year, was it? You know, I've got to see something from yeah, them for us to be able to back them. Yeah. Um, so on top of that, grand final. So I've had West Coast versus Melbourne with West Coast to win. For the Brownlow, it hurts me to say, but if Fluff Fife can have a really good year, I think he's going to win it in a sh- easy because he's got no one around him to take votes off him. Um, Coleman, I had Kennedy or Franklin. Wooden Spoon, I've got Carlton still, even though a lot of people are saying Gold Coast. I just think Carlton have got too many injuries and main players out now. And the JRT, they're always the JRT premiers usually. And... My headline is Ross Lyon is the new coach of Carlton. Mm, interesting. Yeah, that's um, I'm hoping it's a West Coast and Richmond final, two top teams on my list. Um, obviously, Eagles, Premiers, I'd love them that. I think Crips, I think if Carlton can win just a couple more games, that's all he really needs to get enough votes because he voted, got, got voted quite well. And they didn't win barely any games, too, for the season. Mm. So if they can win, let's say, four or five games, well, then I can see him really making well, a, that's a it. run that's at it. it. That's a big word. If yeah. Can they? Uh, I've gone Kennedy, and I know that sounds like, oh, he's an Eagles supporter, vote Kennedy, surprise, surprise. But as I said earlier, he's still, the last four seasons, averaged the most goals per game. So as long as his body's fit, he will kick the most goals. So that to me, that's a no-brainer. That's not favouritism. That's just by the stats. He kicks a lot of goals. That's what he does. Um, headline, I would like it to be Eagles go back-to-back. Back. Now, that is me wearing rose-coloured glasses for the people <laughs> listening. <laughs> I love that. And I, I skipped the spoon, but I, I sons. 
I think they've damaged like lost so much talent out of that side. Can't hold them. Many, I can't believe know, they got rid of know. Lions. Mm. And now, you know, they've, he was... And they've lost McKenzie now for 12 months. I can't believe their recruitment staff and their list managers, they get rid of a guy that was in their top three for on everything, and now he in the Brisbane two games, he just dominated. Mm. It's I just can't understand but, where that club is at. I can't remember. I saw the stats of the player they dropped, which was Lions, and the player they brought in. They were so vastly different, and it was like, why would you... That his num lines numbers were so much superior statistically, and they got rid of him, and they brought no one, and then they made the comment, "Oh, we need to bring in a mature age ruck, uh, mature age mid." Sorry, they got rid of Barlow as well. Yeah, it's like, you know, what are you thinking? It, uh, it doesn't make sense, does it? Mm. And he would be good there this year, Barlow. Oh, gotcha. I don't give a shit. What a little bit says. of a mentoring role, yeah. you know? No, yeah. he would. He would have been brilliant if lines is him and yeah. ushering the new age of kids there in the midfield. Like. So I've gone down. Well, I've got to stick with him because I've named him as the best player in the comp. I've gone Brownlow, the side bottom, the Coleman, and I'm sticking with Dan here because I love this new rule with everyone in the square. And I think Kennedy could die if he's fit. If he only has to play 90% of the year, he will kick between 90 to 100 goals. Well, no on the average, he's kicked three goals a game, yeah. and no one has 3. done that. 3.6 last year. Yeah, I'm sort of working that's on That's for the last three or four years. Yeah, yeah, so I think he's going to be right up there. The wooden spoon, I, I look. I thought it'd be... Look, I had Carlton down here, but I think Gold Coast will be after watching the JLT. Uh, prediction, I believe... Well, I'm going, again, a bit of rose-coloured glass, I suppose, but I think we, after watching what we, how we've gone, I think we can go back-to-back. I think we'll play Richmond also in a grand final. And I reckon the headline will be Eagles prove critics wrong with a big again underneath that. <laughs> I'll read that article. <laughs> it's and a, it's uh, Lee Matthews this time, not yeah. uh, Robert Wars, is it? Uh, Wallsy won't say, really won't it say much. Uh, it's good the more people that knock us, the better. Um, look, guys, like we said, we'll come back in a fortnight's time. We'll give you our full wrap of the Brisbane and Eagles game. Hopefully it's an Eagles win. And we'll preview our first um, home game against the Giants. Um, you can look up us on Podcast Central, which is a new page that... Uh, it's on uh, Facebook now. It's got heaps of other um, podcasts, uh, not just sports. It's got music. It's got technology, pop culture, and lots of others. So have a look at it, guys. Like the page. Um, for Eagle Nation, you can check us out personally on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And you can download the shows, because if you listen to it now, SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Castro, CastBox, Overcast, Wooshka, and there's probably a lot more that I don't even know about, but they're on, it's everywhere, so it's going good. Um, so we hope you look... Oh, wait, and we're on the Great Australian Pods directory now, so that's good. That was a mm. bit of a... I was a bit chuffed about that, so... Yeah, yeah. great, great move for the so, podcast. Um, if you're on the website and you want to look at directories, you might see us on there, so have a listen. If you, Even if you're not into your sports, have a listen and give us some feedback. Um, look forward to the 2019 season with your boys, and hopefully everyone else can come along for the ride. Yeah, look forward to it. A big shout out to Dazza on the weekend yeah. too. His Darren, daughter's getting married, yeah. Darren Giddos. So good old best mate. Hope Congrats, it goes mate. well. And we hope he gets his computer back because yeah. this show is going to be awesome. And without Darren, the show probably wouldn't be possible because he's, he's taught me line. quite a few things. He's he is our it? IT guy. That's why he gets paid the big bucks. Yeah. He's a man in the shadows. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. Thanks a lot for listening in. Uh, download and subscribe. Subscribe at all those places and tune in in a fortnight's time. Thanks a lot. See ya.
Shepard to Hooker. Leads the charge. Now Nelson. Beautifully read by Shepard. 